Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are going back in the history of mankind almost completely <laughs> with the classic game in almost the epitome of the definition of this word uh, of backgammon. Uh, originally published approximately 3,000 years ago. <laughs> 5,000. Uh, 5,000 years ago. 5,000, sorry. 5,000 years ago. We are in the 2000s, I should say. Yeah. Forget about those um, 2,000 years after <laughs> Christ was born. Apparently. I always forget about those 2,000 years. Uh, uh, designed by question mark. Uh, art by Mesopotamians or something. Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bahathamet, probably of some name of similar ilk. Um, published by too many publishers to name and discuss, but this is now, of course, a public domain game that anyone could publish backgammon should they choose to, if they want to, and many people so have. So you should. Of Everyone should. So you should. Yeah, get on it. Make your own copy. Actually, backgammon boards are very beautiful. If you've ever had a chance to look at some things, uh, some uh, artistic takes on the boards, they are amazingly beautiful. So you could do some really cool custom designs should you choose to. But yes, we are going to talk about Backgammon. This is a game that uh, you've probably seen, if not at least played once in your life. And uh, there's still large parts of the world that this is a hugely popular game and played regularly. I used to had traveled once through... Um, uh, Turkey and Turkey was really cool in the fact you just see old guys playing backgammon everywhere everywhere at the cafe they just see these guys playing backgammon it's sort of what they did while they talked and they would play it so efficiently that they wouldn't even really look at the board <laughs> they would <laughs> like they would roll the dice and immediately move there was no one analyzing what they should be doing they just were so it was such an old trope for them they would be sipping tea or smoking uh something a cigar or uh, cigarettes whatever and talking uh, and then um uh, yeah or the hookah yeah a lot of hookah smoking and then uh just like talking and you just see rolling dice and then tick 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 roll dice tick 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 with no pause there was like no pause in the action at all it's very fascinating to watch but um that's actually where i learned how to play backgammon i really love this game this is actually an app i have on my phone i just am sort of like bored and want something to do really quick i'll just play a little game of backgammon and get mad at the algorithm that beats me on my phone because <laughs> i feel like it's cheating it's always cheating you get doubles again come on what are the odds of that anyway <laughs> all right well let's get into this game if you've never played it or have always been curious about it um well let's do a quick breakdown on how you play it and then we'll talk more about the deets of its history and things like that Okay, so uh, the game in uh, consists of basically a board. Uh, most people probably have it inside of a chessboard at some point in time. Right. <laughs> uh, it is the board is segmented essentially into I guess you could call it four different sections. Each section has little long triangles in it. These are the spaces that the checkers or whatever you want to chips or discs or whatever you want to call them. There's many different names for them. Uh, can land on. Uh, there's six triangles in each sexer, so that means there are 24 spaces on the board. Uh, each player has 15 checkers placed on the board, and they have their own starting positions. Uh, there's there's an they're, they're symmetrical on each side of the board, essentially, is what they are. So it's just like, oh, if uh, the black has two in the furthest spot away and then five in the closest spot that is on the opposite side of the board and then another set of three and, and another set of five. So they, the, the checkers they have stack up can stack up on top of their own, own pieces, essentially. 
It's, and by up, I don't mean up. I mean slightly out, because they're never ever on top of each other. They just kind of move out. Uh, each player has their own set of two dice, uh, and there is a doubling die. I'll get to that eventually. I never play with it, but uh, uh, most people say it makes the game. Uh, but I am not that type of person. <laughs> so uh, to start the game, each player takes one of their dice and rolls them on each side of the board. Whoever has the highest value uh, of the two dice will start the game and will use those two dice to move if it's if it's a tie if they both have the same number that just gets re-rolled and the, and and possibly the doubling die doubles depending on what different sets of rules you're playing with but whatever blah 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 blah, blah. uh when you move your pieces essentially you can use you essentially have to move each die so for example if the die was dies were dice dies i think both are grammatically correct to this but i'm not really sure anymore uh if it's a five and a six as i mentioned before you could move one of your checkers five spaces forward and one of your other checkers six or you could move one of your checkers five and then six or vice versa one of them six then five uh you may never ever move one of your checkers onto a stack of your opponents so if moving five would cause you to move directly onto an opponent's stack you cannot do that if you your movement would allow you to move directly onto one a single uh, checker of your opponent you can do that and it would knock your opponent's checker onto the bar so uh, that is essentially the the little thing that juts out in the middle of the board because again you're playing inside of a board uh, it would go onto the bar saying it came off and it's essentially the furthest away from its goal point um, movement also should be known is it moves in a horseshoe shape essentially so you're moving to if depending on which side of the board you're on to the left and around or to the right and around again depending on which side you're on so it always there you're essentially moving through each other opponent wise so you're trying to get all of your pieces off the board towards you and your opponent's trying to get all of his pieces off the boards towards him and you're kind of intersecting as you're moving your pieces so you're trying to keep all your pieces safe by keeping them in stacks uh, and trying to knock out your opponent's pieces to make them go all the way back to the start uh, if you have a piece on the bar you are not allowed to make any movements until you put that piece back onto your board uh, so when you roll your dice if you rolled a number that you does not allow you to place it in one of the six uh, beginning spots. Say, for example, your opponent has a bunch of stacks out there. Let's say he has a stack on on the sixes and the and the twos. Uh, if you roll a six and a two, you can't do anything. If you roll double sixes, you can't do anything because you have no place to put any of your um, checkers back onto the board. Therefore, it immediately goes to your opponent's turn, and that's always the worst thing that can happen. Uh, the other movement rule is that if you do roll doubles and you can use the movement, uh, you essentially get double the amount of movement. So if you rolled double sixes, you could roll four four times of value six. So you can move one checker four times of six, or you could move two checkers each six times, or essentially you just get double the amount of movement. So you're always hoping for those doubles to get, get the benefit. And the doubles also give you the extra benefit of, ooh, I can move a bunch of stacks together, thus blocking off your opponent in a multitude of ways. Uh, the goal of the game is, again, to get all of your checkers off the board. Once you have all, and all meaning every single checker, even if it's on the bar, it needs to be, it's got to get off the bar and back into your home, into that home area of those six triangles. Once you get all of your pieces in there, then you can start to, I believe it's, uh, they call it bearing off, or uh, essentially 
off the board. So you slowly move them off to the side of the board. Uh, you just, every time you roll, now you can slowly move them off. Uh, and there are tinkery rules about you can't move it off if you have something else that you can move off. I, I don't want to get into that. Basically, you're just trying to get them all off. Once you get all of your checkers off, the game ends and you win. Uh, if your opponent does it before you, they win. And then there's uh, special words you can use for if you do it fast enough. So, for example, if you get all of your checkers off before your opponent is able to get all of their checkers into their home area, uh, then that is called gammoning. And if you can get all of your checkers off and still have your opponent have one of their check one or more of their checkers on the bar that is called backgammoning. Uh, so it does give you something to yell out at the end of the game, possibly. <laughs> uh, and then that's pretty much the entire game. But if you want to consider the doubling cube uh, really quickly, and I've never used it, so I possibly I'll screw this up maybe a few times. Essentially, before you take your turn at any point in time, you may decide, ooh, I'm going to double this game because each game is worth one point um, unless you gammon and then it's worth two or if you backgammon then it's worth three. Uh, if you decide, hey, you know, I think I'm at a position where we can end this game early. I'm going to say I'm going to double this game because I'm doing pretty well. But the other person might go, you know what? I still think I can come back. They can either decide to sure, let's let's just end the game here and it's worth double the points or I think it's like that. Or no, it's it ends here and you just take the points. Or the opponent says, no, 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 we're going to keep going. But now this game is worth double the points uh, is how it works. And it can continue to double. So on this die face, it's a 2, 4, 8. It goes all the way up to 64. But there is no limit to it. It could go up to 128, uh, essentially, is the way the doubling cube works. And that's what most people, or at least most people I talk to who really like backgammon, say is the best part about backgammon. I never play with it because I'm not much of a gambler. I've never played with it, yeah. I, I, I'm, if, if you're into gambling, yeah, that doubling cube is cool. If you're not, uh, it's not so cool. You know, I just play like one or two games. I'm not, I'm not in it for the long haul or I don't put money on it. So, right, right. Uh, yeah. That is basically backgammon. Yeah. Also, a side note: the doubling cube was introduced. That's an American creation. And oh, totally I'm makes sense. Up, which is, yeah, totally makes sense. Just <laughs> we got to find a way to make, make this more intensely about gambling and a longer slog. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, apparently it came out in the 1920s. Was introduced in the Lower East Side in New York. So that's kind of cool. We this, contributed this to this ancient is a game as a country. history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to be. Uh, but, yeah, that is backgammon. And, um, yeah, honestly, I mean, there hasn't – there's definitely been individual quirks, and each country has, like, some spins off of it that it's done – or a lot of countries have spins off of it or different takes on it, even uh, while still maintaining, like, the core game. So it's really fascinating as a game that's really not changed much in thousands of years <laughs> Um, as a structure that's just sort of amazing to me and a game that became so popular that you find it in pretty much every every culture that out there so that's just really fascinating that's a sign of a good game every game designer can only hope to have the success that that game has right. had <laughs> over the course of millennia but um but yeah it's a really really interesting structure i i really like backgammon i think uh, i like it a lot better than chess just because chess is so um, well, there's not really luck in chess. Chess is very much just all 100% skill and skill based off of your opponent's skill um, as well. Your your odds are, are heavily dependent on that. Whereas the uh, luck in backgammon 
is just enough to be really exciting, you know, and we kind of get back to the gambling thing, why people gamble and push your luck element is, um, uh, is really addictive, of course, and attractive and exciting and something that's hugely prevalent in modern games, but is that balance of luck and skill. And backgammon really has that great balance where you are beholden to the dice rolls, but it does have to do with how you use those dice rolls and plan ahead for the potential of what your opponent's going to do. So there is a balance there, which is really interesting and obviously hugely successful. <laughs> Maybe there's a sweet spot. It's hidden. But... Um, uh, yeah, so my I kind of mentioned before my history with backgammon. I have this very um, uh, romantic story of backgammon because my wife and I were traveling, backpacking through Turkey, and we saw it played all over the place. We just became really interested, and we were at a hostel staying, and some guy there, we were just on the balcony having some tea in the morning, as you do in, in the hostel, and uh, this guy was hanging out, and we were just chatting, and we talked about backgammon, and he's like, hey, you want to learn how to play? And I was like, Yes. So um, he taught us how to play, and then we played backgammon throughout our whole travels and picked up a board cheap. You can just get them in any market and um, have a little board, and I still love it to this day, and I think fondly of it. But it's just a romantic, really, game for me. I always think about it as this romantic experience. And um, But uh, not that you have to go to a foreign country to get, get backgammon. You can, <laughs> of course, get it anywhere. And uh, I think it's just a great—I I wish it was more prevalent here because it's just a great— game speaking of games to take out to um converse chat and snack over I, I it has a great structure in that and it um has been obviously used for that for so long but it's just a perfect system for conversing and, and hanging out uh what's your experience with backgammon uh, my experience is slightly tied to your experience. I never really played it that much. I think I played it a few times, like on, on like computers and things like that, where it was like, oh, there's like 1,800 games in here, and it was right. one of the ones. And I was just like, all right, I guess I'll do this. Like it kind of made sense, type of stuff. But uh, I think you were living, I think you were living in Boise at the time, or it may have been, it may have been late during uh, living in Wisconsin. I can't remember exactly, but I came over to your place, and you had just done the whole backpacking. thing thing and you're like oh this is my backgammon so let's play a game of backgammon and i'm like yeah okay sure and you essentially like taught me how to play i've never played it in physical form ever and that was the <laughs> first time and i'm just like all right this actually isn't that bad of a game it's kind of interesting there's there's something to it it's i mean it's not in as intense as chess but it's it's something that's gonna hold your attention and you're not gonna absolutely hate by the end of it like the thing i hate about chess is i think i've mentioned this a few times is that getting into the game is just like starting that game is like there's so many possibilities i don't know right. what the bet this is just like you just do what the dice say and you pick a you know a selection of like three or four options and you're like oh, i think this might be the best one to do and it depends on what they roll hopefully they don't roll a two and you have those moments of like Oh, just just don't roll this, and then they roll that, and you're just sitting there going, "I hope they don't see it," or you know, yeah. "I hope they think <laughs> I hope they think that that might be a bad idea because if they do that, then they leave themselves open to get knocked off," and and so it's just like, "Oh, I just, uh, it's it's a very there's a lots of tense moments, even when you're like way ahead." In the game, there have been play times where I've completely blocked off my wife, and she's still she's still got like one or two of her uh, checkers still in my home area, and I've been slowly like building all of these walls, and she's like, I want to get them out of there, I can't get them out of there, and I'm sitting there going. <laughs> 
get out of there because at some point in time, I'm going to get the worst die roll where I have to leave one of my dudes open and you're going to take advantage of that and I'm starting from scratch. I'm basically now, I was way ahead and then you put me in your position. Now I'm just <laughs> as good as you. And I've actually had that happen a few times where it's just like, son of a, I rolled just the wrong thing. I can't. Right. And it just drives me absolutely nuts. I've I've been in games where I've been way ahead and right at the last moment they knock me out and I'm blocked off for the rest of the game until they clear out one of their spaces and I lose it. Uh, and right. it's, it's a game where you never quite know what's going to happen, especially with doubling, uh, rolling doubles and things like that. So actually, uh, I, I I've really enjoyed it. I got back back into it because I didn't play it a lot since you you taught me. But at one point in time, living in Portland, uh, I was just like, I really need to get a chess set because I didn't have any 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 game of chess. And I was looking for something to play that I could travel with, but I didn't want like one of those magnetic plastic ones that you always find. Yeah. Uh, and so I found this really tiny. I'm assuming it was like some inventory stock that they were just dying to get rid of. That was like this tiny kind of woodenish set. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll get that. It's got, it's, you know, a chess set. I got it. There were no chess pieces in it whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) But there were pieces for backgammon. And the unfortunate thing is the pieces for backgammon, it was like had too many of one color and too little of another color. So I'm like, you know, the board's fine enough. It works. It's magnetic. It has, you know, it has a magnetic closure, but it's wood. And I'll just buy pieces for it. And so I'm like, I bought some nice discs and some nice different colored dice, tiny dice to use with the game. And so I, I've mainly used it for that. And then eventually I couldn't find any really tiny chess pieces. So I actually just 3D printed those uh, to, oh, put cool. my, to put on my board. So I have it. It's my chess set. But I almost never play chess because I'm always playing backgammon on it is what I'm always using <laughs> nice. <it> for. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that I injured you to the game. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm glad. I it makes me want to like try to spread the word even more because I re I haven't played it for a while, but we have uh, like one of the things when on our travels I like, started doing is I started collecting chess sets that I would find little markets and small ones, and it's just fun to like you know bar or haggle and. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, see, it's just sort of a fun experience. But uh, like you mentioned before, a side effect of that is in a lot of situations, uh, if it's like a, a little book style chess set where you unfold it and the pieces are inside, most often there's going to be backgammon on the flip side of that. And so inadvertently, I've collected some backgammon sets <laughs> as well. And, uh, and and it is a more accessible game for sure. Obviously, you're not going to be like, hey, you got a few minutes? Let's play a game of chess. <laughs> you're going to be like, hey, you got a few minutes? Do you don't want to hurt your brain for a bit and feel dominated because you have no idea what you're doing. Let's play some backgammon. So I, uh, I, I definitely had fun kind of replaying it this week and remembering how much I really like the game. It's such a fun, fun little game. And uh, yeah, so that's really cool. I, I really like backgammon a lot as well. It's, it's astounding how good of a structure it is. And for such an abstract game, how uh, fun it is because there, like you mentioned before, there's there are a lot of like ups and downs, and that bit of luck in the dice can really burn you, or really help you, or really um, give you. A, like you said before, most of the time it's a pretty straightforward. Oh, I got a few options here. What's the best one? All right, this seems like the best option here. But sometimes you're like, huh? Okay, we're getting close. You're getting to the end. I'm getting to the end. I'm. I'm. I could. Should I? front load my or offload my my pieces to get closer to the end so it's easier for me to off to get them off the board or should i play it more safe and block you from 
um, like you like happened to you and, and block you <laughs> and from if I capture a piece then or, uh, then to have you not have a place to replace it so anyway there's just really interesting decisions here for such an abstract game that I just I don't know I always find it so impressive that uh, it's got so much excitement in the game like that yeah uh, all right. Well, let's talk about taking out and getting to the crux of the matter here. Um, this is probably one of the best systems for taking out because it is a self-contained board. Most of the time in the travel sets of Backgammon, it is a book-style game where it's a f- or briefcase style, I guess you could call it too, where it's fold and latched and inside is the um, pieces, the dice. A lot of them come with little cups too, but that's obviously not necessary. And then um, I guess so if you nice. are... <laughs> they are nice. They are really nice. I, I wish mean, I had <laughs> cups. <laughs> that is the sign of a gentleman set is uh, having a cup because, uh, you know, gentlemen don't roll with their hands. Come on. Um and, uh, and and so components are going to vary slightly differently on the type of backgammon set you have, but mostly it's going to be, or the base set is going to be pieces, two sets of dice, or at least a set of dice, and um, then the board. Uh, added onto that could be the rolling cups, the, um, uh, the the chance cube, or no, what's it called? The uh, doubling die? Oh, it's doubling die, yeah. <laughs> the doubling die. <laughs> the fate die? <laughs> the fate die. That's a better word for it. And, um, and, yeah, and that's pretty much what else might be in your set. But uh, they come in a variety of different sizes. You can get really tiny ones uh, that are magnetic, tiny ones that aren't. You can get uh, giant ones. I have a huge one that's more for display, but uh, I would obviously never take that out. But it's kind of ones you might see at like a cafe or a game store just set out. Um, so a lot of variabilities there. But basically the setup is just going to be you're going to unfold or set up your board, if it's not a folding one, in the middle uh, between the two players. You're each going to grab your pieces and set them up according to the standard setup, which is the same every time. And then you're going to grab your dice and off you go. And um, uh, typically, like at least games that I play, there's no like white always goes first rule like chess. Uh, I I think it's standard to just you roll to see who goes first. And um, whoever, whoever... wins that role is the first player because uh, that's how, was, how I've always played and uh, anyway so setup is a breeze and the only downside is is that board has to be kind of in one spot but that's a real minor complaint because you you can tuck it off to the side you can put it in the middle of the table as long as it's between you it's pretty you know you're easily you could set it along along a plate and as long as you can both reach pieces and see the board you're, you're totally fine so super high marks for uh, maneuverability on the table between you two. And of course, being a two-player game makes it th- even that much easier. Uh, the only other thing that's going to be happening is you're going to be removing pieces from the board towards the end of the game as the game finishes. And so you'll have a growing little pile of your pieces. A lot of boards, though, have a little groove for the pieces in them. So you can just put them back in there. You don't have to make a separate pile off the board. So that's, that's pretty common. Um, but uh, yeah, that's high, high marks for placement. Uh, going back to what I said before about discussion, I think backgammon is great for discussion. There are points in the game that you're going to be a little more focused on it, maybe if you have a slightly tougher decision to make. But for the most part, this is a pretty light game with a few decisions each turn, but nothing that's going to be like head scratching. Like, how can I think? Yeah, backgammon isn't chess where you're thinking four moves ahead. You can't. You're rolling dice. <laughs> There's no yeah. way to plan your moves ahead. You're, each turn, you're going to be beholden to what happens, and each turn, there's no way to predict it. So you really don't have to plan ahead that much. 
And so you, it allows you the opportunity to talk a lot or have a, have a bite of your food or a drink of your drink and really engage socially. That's one of the things I love about the game is it's very social. So high marks for that as well. In fact, even having a couple games going next to each other, obviously it's only two player, but if you can have a few games at a table and still have enough uh, bandwidth to, you know, check out what the other games are doing, comment on the other games, talk back and forth. I've seen this before at, at other places where people are playing together over like two or three games they're just sort of all sort of playing and still talking to each other like they would normally it's just backgammon is also going on (laughs) so um so anyway super high marks for that really 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 high marks i can't really think of a negative for taking this out can you um not really i i've never had any issues with taking this out i mean it depends on i guess the quality of your board if you have a really nice board maybe you're going to screw it up or if you have a really i mean the nicer board you have the lovelier it is to play the crappier board you have you know the slight like mine is not great quality so like the discs occasionally slide around or something like that so they're they're not like the nice weighty checkers of a really nice board so like so it really varies but if i had a really nice board i'd feel bad about taking it out because i'm just like oh man i'm gonna like put stains all over it so it's really (laughs) really depends on the type of board i guess is the only thing that you might be able to like detract from it so if you have a really nice board uh, you might mess it up, but if you have a really horrible board, then you're playing on a really horrible board. <laughs> so, right? <laughs> there's a there's a sweet spot there somewhere. <laughs> there's a sweet spot right in the middle where it's good enough that you know I'm messing it up, but not so bad that you know it makes playing the game slightly irksome. So that there's got to be somewhere right in the middle. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that was the cool thing about being like Turkey where it's so popular. You can go down to like the local market and get a new board, a handcrafted board for like 10 bucks. Oh. It's beautiful. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, this is great. And, but here, you know, of course, it's it's more like the plasticky ones, which just are, ah, they're just ugly. Uh, or in the nice ones, yeah, they're usually somewhat expensive. And like you said, you're yeah. not going to want to <laughs> spill anything <laughs> near that. Uh, although it looks way cooler when you're playing it. So your um, answer is travel to Turkey. Right. I, as as <laughs> yes, my solution to most things is to go to Turkey and figure it out. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, get a ticket, fly to Turkey, go to a market. They're really good at haggling, though. So, you know, you practice a little bit and uh, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, take a crack at it. But, uh, yeah, that's that's your option. Number one, option number two, make your own, of course. Option number three, uh, you know, get rich and then buy some and not even worry how much they cost none of these are feasible but uh, but they're fun to think about i guess yeah so really hard hard to think of any drawbacks to this game so let's get into like who might like this and who might not obviously there is luck here and so dice if you're averse to dice rolling or um a structure that has a, a certain amount of luck then this might be annoying to you. And there are times when you're, like Alex just mentioned with his stories, you think you're winning, you've got this, and then the dice turn against you, and suddenly you're falling off a cliff or you're having some turns where you're not doing as well. And there isn't, you know, you can't do that very long in backgammon. There isn't a huge margin of error here for just missing turns that you can suddenly um, rally. You can way more than chess, but there is definitely a point where you're like, all right, well, I, I might be too far behind here, especially if they're getting good rolls. The tables right. can flip, however, where they start to get bad rolls and you're coming back, which is part of the excitement of the game. But I understand that people might be annoyed at the luck here, and that is the biggest, uh, not flaw, but the biggest a signifier of whether or not you're going to like this game is if you like that structure 
other than that, I think this is a game that if you haven't played as a gamer, you definitely should. It's really Always. fascinating to see the just just the solid design quality of backgammon and how long it's been around and stayed around and why you can clearly see once you play it oh i get why this is so popular and has been for so long it's just really engaging it's really fun um i can't think of any more negatives really outside of the dice luck aspect yeah pretty much yeah i think you've said it as as for my mother though yeah all right here we go (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. I'm going to say, God, I could, I'm going to say she won't. I think it's a little, I mean, she likes abstract games. She likes dice rolling games, but th- for her, I don't know if she, there's enough dice rolling excitement in this game for, to her to be like, I, I feel like she'd be just sort of lukewarm. About it. She'd be like, meh, that's how I feel like she'd, she'd feel about backgammon. And what do you think? Am I right? Am I on the money? Am I way far off? You know, I'm... It's hard. This is a tough one. It's it's definitely more along the lines of the, the no. But, yeah. like, in thinking about it, there's nothing in it that's really bad. It's got ups and downs. It's basically just rolling dice and moving things. I think she did. She would enjoy, She if she had to play it, she would not mind playing it. But I don't think she'd ever be like, yeah, sure, I, I'll play that. But if she had to, like, I'm thinking, like, if I was, like, five years old, and like back when I played board games with my parents and brothers and like that, I think she would have been she would have enjoyed playing it, but she never would have been like, yeah, let's play this. I'm I'm sure because I I remember playing lots of games of Clue and things like that or Ready Set Spaghetti or whatever the heck it was, and, <laughs> and I I'm sure there was plenty of times where like, oh god, this game again. But this one I think she would have actually enjoyed. So I think I'm gonna put this as a maybe no, closer to the no, very close to the no, but I don't think she'd hate it. I think she'd enjoy the game for what it is, but I don't think she'd ever want to actually just play the game. If the game could accommodate, like, five people, I think she'd love the game, which is right. why I think, she, like, then I'm thinking maybe she'd like, like, uh, what is it, Parcheesi, which is basically Sorry. So I think she could, like, those games, it's 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 along the lines of that, but it's it's different. And so I'm putting it a maybe no is what I'm putting it at. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's that's. that's... I could totally see that. <laughs> All right. A maybe no with a caveat that probably would enjoy it enough to play it if you suggested it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, I think that's right on the money. Um, okay. Let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else we can say about backgammon. I the, mean, there's really the not only much. One, the one thing I do want to mention is when when we had to do this, I had to like look up a number of the rules and things like that because I'm like, all right, I want to screw this up because it's a classic game and you screw something right. up like that. It's just like, what's wrong with you? I was looking on the Wikipedia page at one point in time and I just noticed, like, I find it so interesting, the genres they put it in. And it says genres, board game, race game, dice game, mind sport. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Wow, that's really epic. So you can be a mind sport athlete if you uh, play backgammon. I'm going to start calling, my, start calling myself that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, uh, you're an athlete? What do you play? I play mind sports. Mind sports. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. That's weird. What are other mind sports? Is it like the classic games like chess and, I'm... you know, I don't know. I don't know. It says a mind sport is a game of skill where competition is based particularly on the intellectual ability as opposed to physical exercise. So 
pretty much so every, all board games. Every, oh, basically all <laughs> board games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we've been mind sport athletes this whole time. Oh man, that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so body sports. That's the other <laughs> mind sport or body sport. Which one do you prefer? Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Well, that is Backgammon, everybody. A amazingly great classic game. Uh, it really, actually, I was re-examining when we were doing, uh, about to get this going, I was kind of looking at the history of, like, the games that this sort of evolved from. And there's, like, Egyptian games and Roman games that this sort of evolved from and through. There's a through line of both historical games like this. Um, Backgammon is by far, obviously, the most successful of those because it's been a long, around the longest. But um really made me want to go back and try to play those ancient games just to see just to see how they would stand up today and uh really curious about it so maybe in the future we could talk another one time about senate or the game of 12 or something Ooh, like that. yeah i, I kind of want to get really a cool. set for senate or however yeah. it's pronounced i never really know how it's yeah, pronounced but i don't either i've, s- not, I've sen- seen it played and i'm like oh god that that's does kind of seem interesting <laughs> it does right it does look really, really interesting yeah so maybe well that'd be really fun to maybe do that and then you could that's another talking point you could find a cool board or make your own board and then be like, oh what am i playing oh nothing just an ancient egyptian game called senate or senat i don't know how to pronounce it but i know how to play it <laughs> it's so ancient i don't know how to pronounce it <laughs> it's so ancient i don't the, the language it was spoken it has been lost to time but i know how to play it <laughs> so anyway that'd be fun to review one of those too so maybe in the future we'll do another one but um that is going to do it for us you guys thank you again so much for checking in and uh keeping listening i am once again um i don't have a slogan today so i'm going to do one of my classics which is i'll do better next time no wait what was my classic um <laughs> it, it was either i'm taking a mulligan <laughs> <laughs> or I I think, yeah, I'll do better next week. I promise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that my one. standard. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do better next week. I promise. I promise you guys. Look me in the eyes. Look at the conviction in my eyes. But until next week, you can, of course, get a hold of us in a few different ways. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Chits and Chat. You can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com. Scroll down to our uh, the Chits and Chat page and find our comment page on our page. Not a page reference there. And fill that out and get a hold of us that way. We'd love to hear from you. But, uh, yeah, let us know what your thoughts are. We're excited to continue our start, Season 2 of our taking out series as things start to open out hopefully we can be a resource for little games you can take out and play when you can go out and play so thank you all for listening and we will catch you all next week bye